Let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. I announced this morning I was going to speak on bad renters or necessary eviction. And the text verse I read for you in Jeremiah 4.14, O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. Now, it does not mean that you may be saved from sin. It means you may be saved from destruction and from the wrath of God and the judgment of God. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? Or how long shall thy vain thoughts live within thee? Or, how long shall thy vain thoughts abide in you? The body is likened to a house, and thoughts are likened to occupants of that house. And vain thoughts are likened to occupying or the occupying of someone else's house. <coughs> Mr. Anderson, for example, owns many apartments. I mean, many apartments, hundreds of them. And he has all kinds of renters. I've talked to him about it. And there's all kinds of renters. And the Lord likens our thoughts to someone living in the house of another. Someone renting a house or renting a room or renting a place of abode from another. And so he says, how long shall thy vain thoughts lodge or live or rent or abide with thee? Now the word vain. The word vain means breath. It means something that you cannot see, something that's not tangible. How long shall unnecessary thoughts live in your body? How long shall thoughts of vanity live in your body? How long shall thoughts that are not on things eternal live in your body? It's not talking about evil thoughts alone, though it is talking about that. It's not talking about reading Playboy magazine and having lust in your heart, though it is talking about that. It's talking about unnecessary things. It was St. Augustine who said, Leave vain things to vain men, and mind thou the things of the Lord. I like that. Leave vain things. What are vain things? Unnecessary things. What are vain things? Uh, froth. What are vain things? Uh, oh, so much just living. A pleasure. And not sinful pleasure. Um, uh, an, ex- an abundance of, of excess thinking that's not thinking on the Lord and not thinking about the work of God, how long, he said, shall these vain, breathy, earthy, non-eternal, immoral, unnecessary, light, glib thoughts live or abide in your body? Now, what does it include? When it says vain thoughts, What does it mean? I said a while ago the word vain means breath, breathy thoughts, um, soulish thoughts, earthy thoughts. And again I say, it does mean immoral, but not just that. It means thoughts against the neighbor. It means thoughts of ill will. It means a critical thought towards someone else. Oh, there are people here tonight, many of us, we have defeated or licked the battle or won the battle against criticizing openly and well we might and well we ought and it's a dirty sin to be critical of somebody else and, uh, and uh, to be unkind and critical and speak unkindly about another person. But we've, we've, uh, we've licked that. But how about the thoughts? How about the thoughts? I mean, you wouldn't dare speak ill about him. 
but uh, you would think ill about him. Thoughts of criticism. Thoughts of bitterness. Thoughts of pride. Thoughts of jealousy. Thoughts of slander. Thoughts of immorality. Thoughts of wicked sex. Thoughts of perversion. Thoughts of sensuality. How long, asked the, the author Jeremiah, how long will you allow these vain, breathy, sensual, non or unnecessary thoughts to live? Now let me say this. Nobody, nobody is going to live perfectly. I guess the only perfect person I know is me. I don't know of anybody else that's perfect. And, uh, but, uh, oh, God knows that's not true. I know, I know that there's one imperfect person in this room because I live with him all the time. I know, I know that, uh, that, that this, this preacher is imperfect. Now, the Lord knows that none of us is going to be perfect all the time. Uh, let's, let me illustrate. Here's a, here's a young man who walks down the street and the way these, I start to say ladies dress, the way these Jezebel, miniskirted, heathen looking females dress nowadays, it's almost impossible for a normal red-blooded American young man or even a Vietnamese young man, <clears throat> to, to look at, at, uh, at these girls the way they dress without having evil thoughts. It's almost impossible. But now there's a difference in having a glance and all of a sudden saying, oh, I shouldn't do that, and buying a Playboy magazine, letting stuff like that lodge in your heart. There's a difference in, uh, in wanting to have thoughts like that and dwelling on thoughts like that. There's a difference in having, as Moody used to say, you can't keep a bird from landing on your head, but you can dead sure keep him from building a nest there. And that's what he's talking about here. He's saying, how long? How? He, okay, so a sinful thought, or a thought that shouldn't come through your mind, comes through. How long are you going to let it stay there? How long will it lodge there? That's what he's saying. You know, it means hurt feelings and critical heart and jealousy and envy and hatred and empty kind of thoughts and unnecessary thoughts and vain thoughts. All of these things are going to enter. Um, for example, Dr. Billings, there are going to be times you'd want to hit me in the nose, but you don't have to, you don't have, to want to hit me in the nose all day long. There are going to be times when, when uh, Brother Fisk is going to be on, out of sorts with Brother, Brother Helton. And, uh, and there are going to be times when he's going, to, he's going to think, why in the world can't he straighten up? Well, Crooked guy like that, there's a lot of straightening up to do. It takes a while, that's all. And, uh, but you don't have to harbor it and, and let, it, let it grow and germinate and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's where the wicked sin comes. That's why the, the writer could say, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Not when it begins, when it's finished. Now the thing that the, that the writer is saying, Jeremiah is saying to the people, he's saying, look, I know why you're wicked. You've got wicked thoughts. I know why you live in sin. You've got sinful thoughts. I know why you do lustful acts. You've got lustful thoughts. How long shall these vain, lustful, wicked thoughts lodge, live, abide? I'm talking to somebody tonight in this room who lies on his bed at night and has wicked thoughts. I'm talking to someone in this room tonight who has dirty, filthy magazines at home. I'm talking to someone tonight who can't wait till the children get in bed at night so you can turn on some lustful moving picture on your television and hoping that you'll see something that's rated X and lodging in your heart, lodging, living there, abiding there. Now, these wicked, vain thoughts that are displeasing to God. Now, let me say, I preach a great deal about, about the way we ought to dress. 
I preach a great deal about the way that men ought to wear their hair. I preach a great deal about the outward appearance. And I, I think that that's important to God. I think God's concerned about how we dress. But let me say that, that, that it is true that God does look on the heart. It is true that God knows that even though you may not criticize with your mouth, you've got a heart where criticism lives. Evicted. Evicted. I'm talking to someone tonight who will go home after this service, and you won't say anything, maybe. And then that, that, that's something. Now, by the way, people say, just as bad to think it is as it is to say it. I don't believe that for a minute. Not for a minute. Both of them are sins, and two sins are not as just, as just the same as one. Two sins are worse than one. It's not as bad to think it as it is, or to do it, or to think it as it is to do it. It's not. It's a sin to think it. It's a double sin to think it and then do it. But it is wicked to think wrong. And God does look on, on the heart. Every Christian, I won't ask you to turn to it, but every Christian ought to memorize uh, the, the 19th Psalm, verses 12 through 14. Listen, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. And the psalmist is saying there, cleanse thou me from faults that are secret to me. It's not talking about <clears throat> just faults that nobody else knows I have. Not just bad things in my life that are secret from other people, but cleanse thou me from things that are secret to me. Every day of our life, we ought to say, Dear God, there's some things in my life that shouldn't be there. I don't even know they're wrong. Do you remember when you got saved? Did you remember what you thought wrong was then? Boy, wouldn't you have been shocked to your boots if, 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 if you had realized then all the things you were going to have to give up? Good night. If you'd have realized all the things that were wrong when you got saved. Now the psalmist said, Cleanse thou me from faults I don't even know about. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. David said, If I can be innocent from the inner faults, I'll be innocent of the great transgression. If I can be innocent of, of the thinking about it, and the secret faults and the secret sins, I can be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Now then, let me say a few words about these lodgers, these renters, these wicked thoughts that come to live in our, our bodies, these vain thoughts that come and rent and lodge in our bodies that ought not to be there, that ought to be cast aside. I'm talking to some lady tonight who harbors <coughs> evil in your mind. You can't wait till tomorrow afternoon when John's other wife and the secret storm and the silent hurricane comes on. You just can't wait till that tiptoeing tornado comes in on that television set. So you can watch and see if John's going to get John's other boy's wife's wife, boy's husband, girlfriend, like old Stellar Dallas used to come on. But uh, you can't wait till those dirty, sexy kind of... Of, of wicked programs. So why? Because in your heart, in your mind, in your body, wicked thoughts lodge there. And that's not wrong sometimes. I say not wrong. It's not so bad, though it is bad, for thoughts to come. But when they lodge there, and they live there, and you want them there, and you invite them in, and you enjoy them, and you just keep on and keep on and keep on. I'm talking to young folks right now. You've got pictures in your billfold you shouldn't have. You've got some dirty magazines at home you shouldn't have. And in your mind, some of you young men, one of these days you're going to be sold out to sex because you're stirring unholy passions now while you're a teenager that are going to 
capture you one of these days and hold you a slave the rest of your lives. Now, you better watch it. Don't you let those thoughts dwell there. Okay, so you're going to have an evil thought. And that's not right. It's wrong. But to let it live there and dwell there and abide there. Kick it out. Evict it from your life. I'm talking to men who at work. Now, you know what I'm talking about out the steel mills. God pity these females that go out the steel mills and pour themselves in these britches. The longer I live, the more I hate slacks. I mean that. I mean that. Don't, listen, let me say this. A lot of you folks here tonight, you create, you, the one thing that you don't do, that you don't, 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 don't abide by, that I preach the most, preach on, the one thing the most that you're about against is you females wearing your slacks. You ought to go home and burn every pair you've got. I mean it. There, there, there are, there are not that many things in this world that stir the passions of wicked men any more than women poured in their riches stir. Any man that's here is red-blooded knows that I'm telling the truth, and if you don't believe that, you're a liar or you're sick. But you've ended on the job. These females out there, dressed in skin-tight trousers, and you look at them and you have, you have evil thoughts coming through your minds and they lodge there, and these vain thoughts lodge there. Now what the, what the, the prophet is saying here... He said it's bad to do stuff, but he said you wouldn't do the great transgressions if you'd not let the sinful thoughts lodge there. Two or three things about it. In the first place, sinful thoughts. This kind of renters, they pay counterfeit rent. Counterfeit rent. These these are vain thoughts that rent uh, your space and your mind and rent space in your body. And they come to live for a while and they lodge there. They pay counterfeit rent. Oh, you think they pay good dividends. Mr. Anderson, suppose that uh, one of your apartment fellows, fellow came in and said, I want to pay my rent. What do you charge for your apartment? <laughs> of course, you have to bring your own floor, but... Uh, one forty-five, two bedrooms, air conditioning, and garbage disposal, hundred and fifty square feet in the entire apartment. But uh, but uh, let's suppose a fellow walked up to pay his rent next time. And he said, "I want to pay my rent." He brought out some Monopoly money. He'd been playing Monopoly. You know, he wants to take a walk on the boardwalk. You know, and uh, so or um, or uh, take three jumps backwards, or take or go to Baltic. You didn't know I'd ever lived in San, did you? But uh, uh, or uh, Connecticut, or, uh, and so forth, or, uh, uh, I've, I've forgotten a, a lot of it. But um, anyway, no, I didn't roll the dice. I got me a little card, one of these little things goes round and round and did like that instead of like that. But, uh, so I'm sanctified a little bit. The poor fellow walked up and handed you some Monopoly money. I want to pay my rent. And he gave you $145 Monopoly money. And you say, hey, wonderful. <laughs> Won't you bring your monopoly and say, oh, we'll just play a game. No, you wouldn't allow that. That's counterfeit rent. You'd say, now, hold it, man. Listen to me. I mean, I, I'm not going to take this monopoly money. I mean, if you want to play monopoly, okay. But when you pay me my rent, I won't. Those two, div- those two silver words, he said, like dividends and Monet and uh, those two silver. Uh, he wants real green. He wants something that'll spend. He wants something real. Now, these wicked thoughts that come, oh, my Christian brothers and sisters, these vain thoughts, these thoughts of unkindness, these thoughts of criticism, these thoughts of slander, these thoughts of sex, these thoughts of wickedness, these thoughts of these loose thoughts, these vain, unnecessary thoughts, they pay counterfeit 
friend. I am. Um, let, let me just stop and think. Think for me. <coughs> think how you feel <coughs> when you when you do something like that. Now, I, I told you part of this story <coughs> down in Texas. <coughs> it's been now twenty years ago, at least twenty years ago. A lady called me one day and said, "Brother Howes, you better hurry to go over on uh, Freeman Drive, Freeman Circle, Freeman Circle." There are two ladies over there, two of your Sunday school teachers, in a fight. I said, you mean they're fussing? No, she said, they're fighting. She said, I mean, one of them's got the other one down, pulling her hair. <laughs> and, and she said, uh, that's where my hair all went. I got in that fight. And, but she said, I mean, they're hair pulling and they're, they're, they're gouging and, 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 and they're kicking and, and they're rolling in the, in the, in the floor and, and, and they're having a real, just a knockdown drag out. Well, I jumped in my car and drove across town and knocked on the door, and nobody came, and I heard the biggest commotion. And I walked in, and one of those ladies, she wasn't fat. She was just, Dr. Rice said, she's well upholstered, that's all. And she was a big lady. She had the other lady down. She had, she had her hair, and she had a handful of hair. I mean, she had pulled it out. She had a whole handful. And, uh, and I said, uh, Mrs. Roskowski, you and Mr. Smith shouldn't do things like that. And, uh, but, uh, anyway, they, they were, I mean, they were just at it. They were at it. And, uh, I, I, I reached, and, and I grabbed this lady, and I, I never have grabbed a lady like that before. I mean, I had to grab her somewhere, and I just grabbed her and pulled her off, and, and I, I'm not sure where I grabbed her, but I just pulled her off, and, and, uh, and I said, what? And she whooped that lady. I mean, she had licked her. She had beat the fire out of her. Lady was just like that, and, and here she stood with a, 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 a with hair in both hands, and she stood up and she said, "I did it. That'll show you." And I said, "Yes, you won. You won." And I said, "Just how do you feel?" She said, "Terrible. That's what you always feel." There's no victory so shallow as getting back at somebody. None. I'll tell you what! He lied on me! I'll talk about him! And so you talk about him, and you go home at night, and it's not near as much fun as you thought it'd be. Listen to me. I don't care what sin it is. I don't care if it's drunkenness or lewdness. I don't care if it's lascivious. I can't even pronounce it. Wickedness. I don't care if it's gossip. I don't care if it's slander. I don't care what it is. When you've tasted the last drag and the last drop in the cup, the good taste is over. Anybody here ever drink anything tasted good while it's going down, and then when it's all over, it tasted terrible? Somebody brought me some 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 uh, health food tea the other day. Folks are always bringing me health food tea. Tonight I had more health food Easter eggs. At least I hope they were health food. <laughs> Or I'm going to be sick tomorrow. But uh, uh, health food tea. It was the tastiest stuff I ever tasted in my life until it's all down. And then it was awful. It was terrible. I mean, it was just, in fact, it just didn't all stay down. And, uh, but anybody ever taste anything like that? Ever taste anything tasted good? Maybe anybody here ever eat uh, uh, rabbit? Ever eat rabbit? Rabbit affects me that way. I just love rabbit while it's going down. I don't like it when it's coming back up. Uh, anybody else like that? 
The, the aftertaste of rabbit always has affected me. Maybe it's because it, uh, I know it's rabbit. I don't know. Uh, frog legs affect me that way, too. I don't mind a frog leg, but that's, it's all like jumping up and down. You've got to do all that off. <laughs> that bothers the fire out of me. And, uh, and so I am... Um, but that affects me the same way. Now, sin's that way. Oh, it's fun for what? How about the prodigal son? Huh? Oh, he had a wonderful time. Oh, as long as he was uh, committing the sin, it was fine. But in the end, he began to be a one. He found himself eating of the husk. The swine that he... Sin's always that way. It's always that way. When the rent finally comes in, you find out it's counterfeit. Many have enjoyed sin to the last drop, but the last drop always leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It pays counterfeit rent. Young people, what's in your mind tonight? Huh? Anybody here have a bad thought toward a Sunday school teacher? Am I looking at somebody tonight has something in your heart toward a school teacher at school? Am I looking at somebody tonight that has something in your heart toward somebody that's in charge of your department in Sunday school or the youth program of the church or the music program somewhere? Is there somebody in charge of a singing group that you harbor vain thoughts about? You're hurting no one but yourself. And it'll pay you wicked rent, counterfeit rent in the long run. Am I talking to some adults out here tonight? You harbor bitterness in your heart and you harbor ill will and you harbor criticism and you harbor dirty thoughts and you harbor vain thoughts and you harbor selfish thoughts and you harbor thoughts not about helping others but about hurting others. Anybody here like that? You won't enjoy it. It pays counterfeit rent. But there's something else about this, and that is, did you know this renter also destroys your property? It destroys your property. How long will vain thoughts lodge? How long will you let them live? If you don't live, they'll destroy your property. Um, suppose, Mr. Up, Mr. Anderson, you go back home tomorrow, and, and a, a fellow comes and says, a fellow has an apartment beside me, just pulled down the, shade, the, the shades and the drapes, and just ruined the wall, and just broke the stove, and just pulled down the light fixtures. Well, you'd say, that's all right, as long as he's sincere. No, you wouldn't. I know you well enough. Boy, I'll tell you what, boy. It'd be raining all over Michigan by noon tomorrow, I'll tell you for sure. And the clouds would hang low. Uh, why? Because he's not going to have any renters in his place that ruin the property. By the way, bitterness always ruins the body of the person. Listen, Dr. Streeter, where are you? In the back. Where are you, Doc? There you are. Is this not true that much, much, much sickness is caused by the mental condition of a person? One doctor told me that he thought that if that ninety percent of his people wouldn't have had to come to the doctor if they could just get their mind and their heart right. Nobody knows how many ulcers have been caused by bitterness. Nobody knows how many nervous breakdowns have been caused by vain thoughts lodging in the hearts of people. The Bible is true. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Did you know, forgive me for being this little, little bit, uh, bragging a little bit, but did you know that I helped keep some of you folks out of the hospital? Huh? That frog of Oligo jumping up down inside me. Huh? Did you know a merry heart doeth good like a medicine? And if you, can, if you can keep these renters out of your house, your house will stay in better shape. So they raise your right hand. <coughs> you know why the trouble is? Huh? He had a bad renter one day in his house and messed the property up. That's why he's got one arm tonight. Twenty years. For twenty years, those arms were used to shovel liquor across a bar. 
For twenty years vain thoughts came in his mind, and wicked deeds proceeded from those vain thoughts. And the renters that came in didn't take care of the property. They never do. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I must be careful what I put in my body. I must be careful the lodgers, the renters I have in my body. Why? Because sin always tears up the property. It always does. Young people, I could walk across this building tonight and just point out person after person all over this building whose body, whose health has been ruined by sin. A man in this room tonight, I won't call his name, wouldn't even give you an idea who he is, in this room tonight, because of drinking, his liver's about gone. I mean, he won't live long. He's saved now, but he won't live long. You know, at the rescue mission, many a man comes in that rescue mission. And how many of the fellows, think of the fellows have died? Wayne Harden, who was the bus, the, the driver, who was the eight of them that have died because of liver trouble? Who was the driver of the bus that was such a nice, the van, such a nice fellow, Walter? Yeah, Walter, one of the nicest fellows that ever lived. You know why some of those men, they come and get saved. Their lives are changed, but they don't live long. By the way, some of you men at the rescue mission right now, if you don't quit your wine drinking and your liquor drinking, your body's going to be destroyed. You're going to die one of these days a premature death. And a lot of you are not saved. You're going to go to hell and burn forever. Let me say, that liquor that comes in your body, it's a bad renter. It's a bad lodger. It, it, it pays off in counterfeit payments and it leaves the property damaged when it, go, when it goes. Always that way. Sin's always that way. I don't care what it is. Liquor's that way. Lewdness is that way. Sensuality is that way. Vulgarity is that way. But by the way, hatred's that way too. I can name that many people, at least that many, and maybe that many, who have died with heart attacks because they got so mad and died while they were mad. I mean, I just can't... Gone. Why? Because... Vain thoughts leave the property in bad condition. Now listen to me. If, 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 you, if you just want to live a long time, if you just want to be healthy and strong, don't think vain thoughts. I mean dirty thoughts. I mean hurtful thoughts. I mean critical thoughts. I mean judging thoughts. Don't do it. It's not good for your health. It destroys the property. It ruins the apartment. Ruins your nerves, ruins your body, ruins your stomach, ruins your heart, ruins your liver, ruins the property, ruins the walls. Why? Tell you why a man came to me. I was down in, maybe I've told you this, I'm not sure. I preach so much, I don't know what I've told here and what I haven't. I was down at the Bill Rice Ranch, preaching one week. It's been now, oh my, it's been 10, 12 years ago. We played some softball. Well, I used to pitch semi-professional softball, by the way. I got a telephone call in Georgia last week. I got back in my room. The, the light was on, you know. It says, call the office, a message for you. I called the office, and it said, call Mr. Moon. I called, asked Mr. Moon. He said, Mr. Moon. He said, you know a Sam Moon? And I said, Sam Moon. The only Sam Moon I know played left field for the Dallas Railway softball team 30 years ago when I pitched. He said, that's the guy I am. He had retired, and uh, we talked a while, but... Um, what I'm saying is that I've forgotten what I was going to say. But uh, uh, the, the honest, simple truth is I love to pitch softball. And so I was down at the Bill Rice Ranch. You thought I'd forgotten, didn't you? So did I. I was scared sick for a while there. And uh, so uh, uh, I wanted to show them I could pitch, you know. I have it. 
and uh, so uh, I pitched it. Max, how are you going to do that? Show the deaf what it just did. You're supposed to interpret. Well, let's get with it. And uh, <coughs> so uh, I want to show off. And there's a preacher, and the preachers were playing each other. We played about one inning, and then nobody left running around the bases. And, and uh, so um, we, we played, and one preacher kept a white shirt on. I had a T-shirt on, and, uh, and other fellows were wearing sports shirts. One fellow kept a white shirt on and kept his sleeves down all the time. It was hot. It must have been 98 degrees, and the humidity was 140. And <clears throat> it was hot and damp. And so uh, we played, and the fellow began to sweat, and his shirt began to cling to his arm. And I said, man, why don't you take your shirt off? I can see you've got a T-shirt. comes down to here. Play in your T-shirt. And this preacher said, I can't. I said, well, of course you can. I said, man, look, nobody here but us preachers. There's, there's nobody here except a bunch of us. And, and, and just, just, just wear your T-shirt. And his lips began to quiver, and he said, I can't. And I was embarrassing him, I could tell. Finally, he said, Dr. Hiles, could I see you over here behind the trees? He brought me behind the trees. He rolled up his sleeve. And there was a tattoo right here on his arm of a naked woman. He rolled up his sleeve, and there was a tattoo over here but here was a naked woman on his arm and he began to cry and he said that's why I never can wear a short sleeve shirt and that's why I have to play ball in long sleeves and he said brother house I was a wicked man and when I was a young man I was wicked and he said there it is you know what the trouble was he had had a renter in his body that uh, didn't take care of the property sin never does liquor never does cigarettes never do dope never does uh, uh, illicit sex never does. Dirty thinking never does. Playboy magazine never does. Rock music never does. Wearing shorts in public never does. Illicit dress never does. Wicked talk never does. Dirty, dirty literature never does. Wicked television programs never do. They always mess up your property. In God's name, don't believe the devil's lie that sin turns out okay. Messes your property. That's just your property. The question comes, Brother House, how can you know if they're bad renters or not? How can you know? How can you know if somebody's not going to take care of your property? Okay. Let's suppose, Mr. Anderson, I knock on the door of your office tomorrow. Mr. Anderson, I want to rent a building. What is your name? My name is, is Robert Billings Sr. When I watch out for him immediately. He's got a couple of good boys, but the old man is a corker. And, uh, and uh, so... Um, by the way, one of his boys is actually trying to monopolize the music for this church. Have you noticed that? <laughs> he, he asked to sing in that trio. We said, okay, okay, okay. Then he asked to sing in the choir. Okay, okay. But I put my foot down when he begged to sing the solo tonight, too. I wouldn't let him do it. And, uh, <clears throat> but um, said, Bob, Robert Benning Sr. is my name. Okay. Got any references? Yeah, yeah, Jack Hiles. Uh, he, Dr. Jack Hiles would be a good reference. C.W. Fisk would be a good reference. Did you ever, did you ever rent from anybody else? Yes, yes. I rented from, from uh, uh, Jim Vineyard, and I rented, rented from Wendell Evans, and I rented from uh, uh, John Colston. And, uh, and of course, a fellow dresses like that that couldn't own much of a house to rent. And, I rented, and so... Um, I said, uh, so uh, uh, Russell Anderson writes me there and said, you know, Dr. Billings, please fill out the application. I said, Dr. Billings rented from me. And he came. He rented an apartment. It was in good shape. He left. 
The carpet was ruined. Cigarette ashes all over the carpet. <coughs> the walls were dirty. The lights wouldn't work. Air conditioner was broken. Commode was stopped up. Plumber had to come. Electrician had to come. So that's where the fist. Dear Mr. Fisk, did the fellow named Billings, Robert Billings Sr., ever rent from you? Uh, please fill out the enclosed questionnaire. Mr. Fisk writes back and says, yes, he rented from me. He sure did. said, you should have seen the, the, the people came to that place. I mean the wickedest bunch of people dressed in white suits and red spotted ties came to that place. <laughs> and world-looking folks <coughs> with red trousers and, and so forth. They came to that place. And they had dances every night, and they and they and they, 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 they kicked holes in the drywall, and that's a sin of all sins, ruin the drywall. He's in the drywall business. And uh, uh, dear Mr. Uh, Colston, uh, did Robert Billings uh, Sr. ever rent from you? Dear Mr. Uh, what's your name? Anderson. Uh, yes, he rented from me, uh, and a horrible, horrible renter. He. Um, they turned the stove up too high, and, and the ceiling above the stove was all marked up, and the stove was broken. And one time, they let gas escape, and then lit a match, and it blew up the kitchen, and the, and the, and, and the covers were all messed up. And, uh, and so Mr. Mr. Anderson says, Dear Mr. Evans, did Robert Bidding Sr. ever rent from you? Dear Mr. Anderson, yes, he did rent from me. When he came to, to rent in my place, we didn't have a, a, a mice in the house, and now we got rats that are that, that big. You can't say that in a letter, but you can. We got rats that are pretty big, and uh, in fact, we got rats that are bigger than buildings in the house. And when he came, we didn't have a cockroach in the house, and now the cockroaches have gang wars with the rats. And uh, when he came, we we didn't have a a bed bug in the house, and and now we got we call them chinches where I came from now. We got bed bugs all over the beds. We got cockroaches running. They're, they're, they're in armies with uh, marching in, in order. And uh, and uh, so Mr. Anderson says, "Why, Mr. Billings, your record is wonderful. We'd love to have you in one of our apartments. It'd be a fool." Okay. And before you start smoking cigarettes, you might have better check and see what it's done to the other places where it's lived. Looks like to me anybody who's got enough sense to get it out of the rain could know if it has been proved medically that cigarettes cause lung cancer, anybody ought to have enough sense to leave the wicked weeds off. Instead of walking a mile for a camel, you better walk a mile to get away from a camel. Why, it's been a bad renter. It's been a bad renter. Young people, enough young ladies have gotten in trouble for you ought to know what to do with your bodies. Enough people have been wrecked and ruined and health has been wrecked and ruined by liquor for you to know what liquor will do. Well, I know what the dirty devil does. Put some beautiful lady on television and she comes out. Uh, I was in her motel room the other night watching the news and they had a, advertising Muriel cigars. And a reptile with a face on her body came writhing out there and wiggling. And she said, hey, big boy. <laughs> and I said, lady, don't talk to me like that. I'm a preacher. <laughs> and uh, at night. And, uh, and, uh, and that's what you, I mean, if you smoke mural cigars, all the girls. If you'll smoke a mural cigar, you know what? 
you'll lose 40 pounds of fat. I mean, right off the bat, you'll just have, you'll be, have a pretty figure and a pretty face and, and be young again. No, that's not true. I recall when you used to advertise this, this um, uh, 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 hair stuff, uh, Brill Cream. Well, to put one dab on, and then you, you, listen, you better be in good shape to run. I mean, they'll, they'll be after you. The advertising. Put a good-looking fellow on television and little teddy bear. There comes up and, and he brings liquor. And, and all of a sudden, if you'll just drink one bottle of ham, all of a sudden the snow will melt off the ground. And the temperature will rise 80 degrees. And you'll be in balmy breezes. And those old sticks out in your yard will suddenly blossom. And the flowers will bloom. And all of a sudden you'll trade that old overcoat and those old earmuffs and those old gloves, you'll trade them for a pair of Bermuda shorts and a nice sports shirt, and you'll be on Waukee Beach where other sinners go. <coughs> let me put some. Let me let me show them a few ads about Ham's beer. Let me take them to a few little ladies who are starving to death, and poor little kids haven't got enough food to eat, and young people go without, and they go out barefooted. Let me show you these bus kids. Hundreds of them live in cesspools of sin. Put those pictures on your television commercials, you dirty devils, you. The honest, simple truth is, you better check on folks, on renters that come in your house. Nobody's ever been happy because he had vain thoughts. Nobody's ever been happy because he was a gossip. You've heard me say this time and time again. I ten thousand times rather be the criticized than the critic. Preachers across this country hate my insides. Most of them never met me because to know me is to love me. I said to know me is to love me. Thank you, both of you. <coughs> but uh, they critic. But you know what? You know what? While they're home fuming, I'm just sleeping like a baby. Do you know the only sleepless nights I have are the nights when I've been critical? The only sleepless nights I have are the nights that I have harbored these lodgers and renters in my abode. Now, what are you supposed to do? Evict them. <laughs> Mr. Anderson's a very nice, very nice man until you cross him in business. And he ought to be hard to cross in business. I mean, a deal's a deal. But I wonder if Mr. Anderson's ever gone to anybody's house and had the furniture put out. Huh? Miss Anderson's shaking her head. He's very strangely and backsliddenly quiet, but she's shaking her head. Huh? One time. Is that right? One time. And I don't blame you. I would too. There comes a time. In fact, we had to here at this church. We had some property. We wanted to build. We wanted to tear down a building. And folks wouldn't move. Wouldn't move. We had to give them a final notice. Going to put your furniture out in the street. And your liquor bottles too. If you don't uh, move. Evict them. What should you do with vain thoughts? Evict them. What should you do with pride? Evict it. What should you do with jealousy? Evict it. What should you do with dirty thoughts? Evict them. What should you do with immoral thoughts? Evict them. Kick them out. Don't let them live there. They'll wreck you and ruin you. Kick them out. I once had, I once had some renters that I thought were very nice renters. 
One was named Pride. Now, why anybody with uh, with as little talent and as little as I have ought to ever be proud, I don't know. But I can recall when Pride used to live some. And sometimes Pride comes to visit now, but I've gotten Pride now to where it just comes for a brief visit every once in a while. Used to it lived here. It lived here. And one day I decided that pride was not going to live in my body anymore. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not perfect. And as I said far too many times, pride comes to see me briefly. But it doesn't live here. It doesn't live here. I, uh, <clears throat> I once had a critical nature. <clears throat> I can recall when I'd go hear a preacher and I'd tear him down while he'd preach. If he's funny, he's too funny. If he's sad, he's too sad. If he's loud, he's too loud. If he's soft, he's too soft. He couldn't please me for the world. I can recall when criticism used to live. Now, sometimes it comes to visit still. I don't ever want it to come. But sometimes before I know it, it comes to visit. But doesn't live here anymore. Doesn't live here anymore. Used to bitterness found a habitat in my life, in my body. It still comes sometimes. It doesn't stay for long. And its coming is more infrequent all the time, thank God. But one day I had to evict it. I can recall when hurt feelings used to come and live in my body. I can recall when folks would criticize me. I'd say that's not right. I mean, I know I'm not perfect, but God knows I'm sincere and I'm doing the best I can. That's not right! And my feelings would be hurt. Used to live here. I mean, used to live here. Now, it comes occasionally to visit, but it doesn't live anymore. It used to be a song, Annie doesn't live here anymore. Remember that? Uh, is it worldly or good? Not an invitation here, I'm sure of that. But uh, uh, Annie, <coughs> Annie doesn't live here anymore. Now, pride comes to visit, but pride doesn't live here anymore. And hatred comes to visit sometimes briefly, but hatred doesn't live here anymore. And jealousy! <clears throat> I, you know, these men on the platform, not a one of them I'm jealous of. Not a one of them has anything I'd want to be jealous of. Except the red britches and oh, I'd like to have those just to get them off the market. But, but uh, we, we were out there a while ago, and, and I, I said, hold it a minute, fellas, we're all lined up there. <laughs> And I said, fellas, let's, let's just be honest and objective for a minute. This is the last thing we said before we walked in. I said, let's be honest and objective. They said, all right. I said, you reckon God has any eight better men in the world than these fellows lined up here right now? And we voted unanimously and enthusiastically that he does not have any eight better men, right? See, pride comes to visit sometime, but it doesn't live here anymore. Now, these... These are good men. I can recall the day when if I had an assistant pastor, I'd be jealous of him. I can recall the day, uh, not, not at this church, thank God, but before I came here when I used to have an assistant pastor. I mean, if somebody brought a cherry pie by his house and didn't bring a cherry pie by our house, I won't take the cherry pie and... Isn't that awful? Huh? Isn't that terrible? Isn't it terrible that we have to let evil thoughts live? And so Jeremiah said, How long are you going to let those renters rent your apartment? Tearing up your house! 
ruining the furniture, wrecking your body, ruining your nerves, ruining your disposition. Hello! Kick them out. Put their furniture out in the street. Kick them out of the house. They're paying counterfeit rent anyway. And don't listen to the devil's promises. Let me ask you a question tonight. How's your heart? Hmm? Anything living there? Huh? You the prettiest girl in the school? You sure of it? Does the sun come up? Like, you like the Banny rooster? Used to think the sun came up just to hear you crow every morning. You think you're God's gift? You mad at anybody tonight? Huh? Any hatred live, abide in your apartment tonight? Any dirty thoughts? Oh, you say, preacher, I, did. I got mad last week and blew my stack. I know, but did you buy the stack? Huh? How long shall vain thoughts abide? I know this as sure as I know I'm standing here. If we, if, if I, as your pastor, can be led of the Spirit of God to keep us and keep you right where I preach tonight, all the devils in hell won't destroy this church. Just don't let them live there. Not a man in this house is not going to have an evil thought sometime. But you can spray it. I mean, if you've got cockroaches, spray them! Don't build them adobe huts in the corner of the room. If a rat comes across the house, get your mouse trap. Go and get some rat food. If a bird lights on your head, chase him off. Don't let him build a nest on your head. It is necessary that we evict these wicked lodgers. From the body that God has given us, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What lives in your heart? and your mind. Pain thoughts, immoral thoughts, critical thoughts, jealousy, pride, envy, hatred, hurt feelings. Oh, they come to all of us to visit, but they need not live there. They need not live there. I wonder tonight if you'd say, Brother Hiles, I'm afraid I've got some renters that ought to be evicted. They're destroying the property. They're paying off in counterfeit rent. And they have bad records everywhere they've been. They've played havoc with the property. There's some bad renters tonight that it is necessary that I evict if I be happy and fruitful for Christ. I see tonight something lives in my life, my mind, my heart, my body, 
that should not be up there. Would you raise your hand for prayer, please? All over the building. All over the building. Bad renters. You can drop your hands. Our Father, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. Yeah, thy sight. Thy sight. And dear Lord, you must see our hearts. Help us to evict these bad renters before they ruin the property and leave somebody with one arm like they did Sully. Leave someone with hardly any liver like these renters have done so often, some of these mission men. Bless these dear people tonight. Help us to kick out the renters before they keep on ruining the property till it's destroyed. Bless these dear ones. Now our heads are bowed. It might be wise if you just came to the altar tonight if you need to come and said, Dear Lord, I want to kick some bad renters out. It's necessary that I evict them from my property. If tonight you're here and you've never been saved, you let Christ come in to live. Ah, he'll take good care of the property. Trust him as your Savior. If you want to be saved tonight, come down this aisle and give me your hand to let me know that you're receiving Christ. If you've been saved but not baptized, you come tonight and ask for believer's baptism. If you want to join this church, you come tonight and transfer that membership. If you're coming for membership, baptism, or salvation, I'll meet you at the front. You come to take my hand. If you're coming tonight to evict some bad renters, you just come and kneel at the altar. Father, bless the invitation. Help us to leave tonight with some empty apartments that we will fill with the presence of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand, please? Thank you for listening, and if you like this, please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.